0: You know, I'm seriously going to start writing in our book.
1: You should. I think it's going to have to take somebody to kick it off.
0: Yeah, I, I'm going to start writing because I'm, yeah. Hello, my friends.
1: Thank you for joining us for the PEP CAC podcast, a weekly information security show featuring some all around good people. It is week two of 2023. Happy New Year to Brian. We're about to get hurricane-level rain and winds here in Northern California today, so I hope to have power to edit this episode. With me, I have my co-host, Duke Silver, who only has to worry about the occasional cricket or jackrabbit sneaking into his house.
2: Yeah, I don't know about a jackrabbit, but definitely some other critters around there. And why is it just Happy New Year just to Brian, by the way? I don't understand. Yeah, what
0: the hell?
1: Because I said, if you remember last week, I said Happy New Year to everyone except Brian. But this week, Brian uh, gets the Happy New Year. I feel special. I'm the pretty one uh, today. You, you should feel special, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> special K. <laughs> and we have Glenn Medina also bunkering down for this hurricane. Glenn, is your pool covered up yet? Uh, hey uh pool is not covered up
0: technically you could but with the amount of rain that's coming down i prefer to leave it open because if you left the pool closed and water got on top of it it could cave in and ruin the pool cover so the 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 tendency is to have the pool open during rain um bunkering down and hurricane really i I think 40 50 miles per hour that's not hurricane level is it
1: Not if you ask an east coaster, that's for sure. Yeah. That's somebody
2: with bad gas
1: over in Arizona.
0: I think that's something like an Anderson <laughs> Cooper, just like over over exaggeration. Right? You... <laughs> the guy walking
1: at a forty five degree angle, and then someone in the foreground walking by normally.
0: <laughs> or yeah, or Anderson, or him st- standing in the ditch doing the news, and then the guys walking in the parking lot in the backyard. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, or when Chris like,
2: says it's it's hot outside and it's it's eighty eight, I'm like, yeah, that's nothing. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: I uh, I I was looking for hurricane news last night after you had said that. Chris, and I didn't find anything. I was like, what is Chris talking about? And I was like, oh, there's this, th- this is storm coming, but they're not even calling it a tropical storm. So,
1: oh, but it, you're right. It bad. is pretty strong wind. Yeah, it's bad enough here. They already preemptively canceled school for, for my city. The well, kids will I, be home.
0: That's because no one in San Francisco can drive. Let's just let's just say that <laughs> straight, right? <laughs> How's that? Let me just say Our that.
1: infrastructure is so bad. There's a, a video of like a Best Buy literally underwater. Because the oh, drainage gosh. and infrastructure in the city is so bad yeah well,
2: chris it's, was it's... Uh, up late last night loosening his uh the roof shingles on his house hoping that
1: the hurricane <laughs> will take it away with it yeah and the insurance will buy me a new roof <laughs> De- it, definitely not insurance fraud i'm not admitting to any fraud on this podcast <laughs> and let's, let's be
0: honest him. the uh, the 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 drains are flooded because of all the hypodermic needles and poop that's sitting inside the streets that are getting washed away now. So, be honest here.
1: Probably, probably. Well, no guess this week due to the nature of the topic we'll be discussing today. It's just gonna be the three of us.
2: Actually, real quick, I figured out Todd's nickname. It's Bigfoot. He's like he's <laughs> rarely seen, right? <laughs> There's clearly no evidence of him. The exception Sasquatch. of like once yeah, Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah. Just one sketchy podcast where he just came up out of nowhere and talked about rear naked chokeholds. We can call so. him we can <laughs> call
0: him the malecorn. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> we'll see which one he wants. Is it gonna be the male Bigfoot, or Sasquatch? One <laughs> yeah. of
1: them, I guess. Yeah. Combine. We have decades of information security experience to here, not just to educate, but to entertain. We've got one fantastic story for you today. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Go and check out our new YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Got a bunch of videos up. All the new episodes are definitely going to be there. I'm going to start slowly posting our back episodes. And another reminder, send us an email to podcast at ChrisLouis.net for the Ask Me Anything questions that we will try and answer on our 100th episode. Today, we're going to open the show with some closing the loop on eggs. Then we'll launch into a very special episode of the PepCAC Podcast, and we'll be discussing the Twitter files for the entire episode today. Due to the heavy nature of the topic we'll be talking about today, we're going to open with a dad joke, and you'll see why. We continue to get great comments about our Dad Joke of the Week. Dad Joke of the Week. This week, we have a special appearance for our Dad Joke. We're having family dinner last night, then out of the blue, totally unsolicited, my son whips out this zinger, and it was too cute not to use this week. I recorded it so I can play it for you. Cue the clip.
0: What do you call a bear that has no teeth? A
1: gummy bear. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's cute that's a good one wow, wow, wow. that's awesome. uh, adorable <laughs> yeah yeah
1: it's just Let's out of get, the blue
0: we should get a whole bunch of views just because of that
2: like
1: father yeah. like son exactly
0: <laughs> that's it
1: all right closing the loop this week a report came out this week that the nationwide average for the price of a dozen eggs is four dollars and fifty cents and no, it's not avian flu that's driving up the prices. It's energy cost, feed cost, and bird cost have soared due to inflation.
2: I saw that last night at the uh grocery store. It was at Safeway and in, went to go grab some eggs and it was like $8.99, $9.99. I'm like, what the hell? Like, Chris was right. Apparently it is expensive. <laughs> I, I found everything. the, the off brand for like, I think three ninety nine. But that's I don't think I've ever spent that kind of money for eggs before. And
1: that's everything. only for a twelve pack. Yeah. It's yeah.
0: milk. Bread, eggs, butter. Have you guys like a stick of like a, you know, one box of butter is like seven mm-hmm. bucks. Also, so yeah, it is crazy ridiculously well. going. Cue right in
2: now. the Dave Chappelle. That's crack prices. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow, makes me want to go get my own chickens, but I don't want to. I don't want to deal with chickens. So I,
1: I would actually wake you up can, every
2: morning. I would consider it because uh, chickens they, they like to eat scorpions, and scorpions are a big problem in Arizona.
0: There are enough of them that crickets. they can eat without having to add feed.
2: <laughs> no, no, you just have to add some feed, but then you know, on the off chance you get some free, free uh
1: scorpion control.
2: Free yeah. scorpion control and free eggs. I mean, that's not that bad of a deal. I actually got stung by a scorpion. I like for the first time in my life. And uh I had no idea. I just I woke up, my arm felt kinda of weird. I'm like, what the heck? And I was like, now, you know, I'm big and goofy, right? And I, like it's three o'clock in the morning and I'm trying to like look in the mirror to see. Like it's like right by my armpit and I can't really see and I'm like trying to wake up and all of a sudden like my spine starts tick like a like a like not a, really a tickle, but it's like like poking all over. I'm like, what the heck's going on? So then I'm like I'm scratching my back on, on the wall like a giant bear that just had a you know, feast. I'm like uh, 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 and I'm like, I don't know what the heck is going on. You right see here. the scorpion so, like,
0: sticking on your back <laughs>
2: Well, no, I I went back into the bed, and I was like, I must have gotten poked by something. And I look on the bed, and sure enough, there's a little scorpion right there. I'm like, little Ooh. SOB? So then I, <laughs> I chopped him up into pieces and left his body scattered throughout the house. To let, just to let his friends know. Don't mess with the, the teeth. You yeah,
0: chew yeah, him, him up and have your yes. little tail sticking out of your mouth like that?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs>
2: no, no. They do taste like bacon grease, though, if you've ever had one. Ugh.
1: Never had the pleasure of having one. Maybe I will come visit you, Deech. I'll get scorpions. See, all he needs is a black light, baby. For our first and only topic this week, we'll be talking about the Twitter files. This topic will have extensive citations since people believe this to be a politically charged topic. What we will be talking about will be 100% factual based on actual evidence unearthed at Twitter HQ. What are the Twitter files, you may ask? Well, to answer that, we have to go back in time to October 2020. The world was in lockdown due to the coronavirus pandemic. Our major cities were burning to the ground due to civil unrest, protesting police brutality. And Donald Trump and Joe Biden were locked in a neck-and-neck election to become the next president of the United States. The New York Post breaks a bombshell story that a laptop, a MacBook Pro, belonging to Hunter Biden, the son of then presidential candidate Joe Biden was abandoned in a Delaware computer repair shop, handed over to law enforcement and in possession of the US FBI.
2: Hey, Chris, can I, can I stop you real quick? So before we even yeah. get into this, like one thing that needs to be abundantly clear, because I've talked with a bunch of people about the Twitter files. And if you're on the right, you're just like, ah, oh, the conspiracy theories were true. And if you're on the left, the perception is like this is just kind of like more fake news. But it's not like this is like a clear like government overreach thing, and I think no matter which side of the fence you're on, you should pay attention to this right, and don't look at it as like either my team won or my team lost on this, and this is my my vested interest. Just like at least read through it and pay attention and I think the most upsetting stuff right is that <clears throat> it's out there, but you go out to like yahoo and or c n n and there's no 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 talks period about anything about the Twitter files. But anything else that's Elon Musk is related, so it like it kind of it, it lends a hand into this whole like there is censorship going on. Who's the one that's actually doing it? And that's kind of the scary part about this. So I don't think that anyone in particular won. From maybe like we'll call it an election standpoint, I think we all lost, and this is clearly evident in the in the Twitter files. So with that said, I'm just I guess I'm just pleading with everyone that's listening, no matter which side of the fence you're on, it's kind of going through this with like an open mind and hear it out. And I think you'll be surprised.
0: Yeah, I and I'll, I'll agree with you as well. I'm glad we brought it back a little bit. Because, it, again, no matter what political affiliation you have, it's, it's just, it's, it's bad when you have censorship from, you know, a company or corporation that allows for public speaking or a platform. And then, you know, just however you read the files, whether you believe that the government was involved in any of that censorship or not, it's, it's it's something that you know if we talk about at a a small at a, at a bigger level something like to like China and Taiwan that's going on right now things that are going on over there that people probably should be paying attention to right that probably have their head in the sand because they don't want to believe that something like that is going on
2: make a great uh correlation there man this is just kind of how it starts I think yeah. and and, in, and by the way I don't I'm, I haven't read through all the show notes but it's clearly evident that both Democrats and Republicans have the ability to contact Twitter and drew to selectively remove people or ban them or mute them or whatever you want to call it. So, again, this isn't just one side of the fence. This is both sides are equally screwing with everybody here. And I and I'm not a huge fan of it at all. Yeah. So back to you, Chris. I'm sorry, man. But yeah. I think we, we needed to kind of do a little level set on this because you're right. This is a politically charged type of thing. We want to turn away people. Let's keep going to it with an
1: open mind. And that's one of the conclusions too, is that just because you might feel away and you feel like your side won, but you'll flip it on the other side. What if Twitter started banning people that were on your side for no apparent reason or with for without breaking the rules? It's there's always that saying that you want to give the people in power now certain powers, but what if your power is not in in power anymore? What, what if your party's not in power? But there's that saying that if your party is in power, you want to give them all this power, give them surveillance capability, give them the ability to censor their political opponents, what happens when your power, your party's not in power anymore? Now your opponent has the ability to censor people that they don't agree with. So it's, it's important to look at the framework from a nonpartisan perspective. Should any political party have this power, whether it's your side or the other side, So I think you guys bring up a good point that look at it through that lens and it happened to land on one party in this case. But what if it happened to your party? Exactly. Thank you, Chris.
2: So, yeah, let's go back. Let's get back into it. But should be fun.
1: (laughs) All right. So going back to this laptop, the laptop. That Hunter Biden had and is now in possession of the US FBI. The laptop allegedly contained extremely damaging information on the former vice president and his family. There were files relating to corruption and crooked deals brokered by the Bidens in Ukraine, where Hunter Biden worked as a board member of the oil and gas company Burisma, despite having no experience in Ukraine or oil and gas. Emails show bribes, payoffs, evidence of shady and illegal business dealings, cash for influence implicating the former vice president. And there were photos of Hunter Biden smoking crack, humiliating women, and without getting too graphic, there was a treasure trove of information that the Biden campaign did not want released two weeks before the election.
2: Which is wild because you talk to some people and they're like, the only thing that was on that laptop was some dude partying, right? And like doing some drugs, like nobody cares. But the reality is there's a lot more on it than we were led to believe. And the bribes is definitely something that I don't know that it would have changed the election, but I wish I would have known.
1: Yeah. The newspaper, the New York Post, posted the story about the laptop and its contents, and Twitter immediately banned the account of the post, took down the story, and stopped anyone from resharing, mentioning the story, or even DMing about the story. That's a tool normally reserved for extreme cases, such as child sexual abuse material or CSAM. At the time, it appeared to be a major censorship to prevent damage to the Biden campaign. Now, Twitter's defense for stopping the spread and reach of the story was that the data found on Hunter Biden's laptop was hacked and violated Twitter's policy of posting information obtained through illegal hacking. Later, they would change their story that the Hunter Biden laptop was part of a Russian disinformation campaign and censoring the story was meant to stop the spread of misinformation. As the way Twitter goes, the rest of the major social media platforms, Facebook, Snapchat, and the like, all banned the story and suppressed it. Where do we start
0: uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking through a lot of a notes. The of that you can have, you know, whether it be shadow ban or not, the deamplification or some the of the things that of have read as well. Um, and it's just going down to, if, if we going just to if if we right? The fact that there was some level of censorship here, where you know no one was allowed to talk to it, talk about it on a platform, and I akin I this too. I don't know if you guys. I I, I like to watch a lot of Hitler uh, up and coming stories, like uh, and read about it and and watch it, where the history of Hitler that, when he was coming up, where they would do things where they would bring their SS goons and if anyone was on the streets talking bad about you know the 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 nazis they would beat them up and this is basically what they did was in coincidence right is that anyone who talked about this was hushed and not hushed in a physical nature but hushed in a virtual nature inside of you know the twitter jail right because no one was allowed to to uh to repost or or the, the control of that was was prevented
1: yeah, not just Twitter. Like Twitter started a lot of this and when we we'll get if we talk about three Twitter files 3 4 and 5 later Twitter started it, but every social media platform followed, so Facebook, Snapchat, any other platform this story was banned from it. So like you said Glenn, yeah. it, effectively censored people. Not just Twitter, but you could not talk yeah. about this story anywhere. Yeah.
2: Even <laughs> on Reddit. I mean, yeah. every news outlet, all mainstream media, whether it was on TV or the their their, their website, right? It was just not there. It was just missing. Yeah. And you, you have to wonder who's going to be like, obviously, we don't want Russian interference on stuff. But we need to figure out who's going to be the gatekeeper of truth when it comes to this information. And if the FBI is coming to Twitter and saying, hey, we believe that this is disinformation, then like, <laughs> like, are you going to call them liars? But at the same time... Guess we can like, it, it's such a it's a weird line. It's like who do you get to trust? And uh, it, it was, I think was it was it you, was it you Glenn that was just like take any conspiracy theory and wait long enough you'll find out that it was actually true. Like if it's any three letter uh, uh, agency at, that's at, out there, at,
0: at some level, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you, you know, and I, I don't know the timeline of this, and I have to go look. I probably have to go do close the loop on this. Is this Jim Baker right? Was with the FBI at that time as their as as one of the guys that was lead FBI guys over there, and ends up working for Twitter, like is that a coincidence? What's going on here? That that leads to ultimately more conspiracy theories. That you know, if it sounds like a duck and it quacks like a duck, guess what, guys? It's a stinking duck.
1: Yeah, we didn't talk much about Jim Baker here, but. Jim Baker was a former FBI official who really, really pushed the Steele dossier, which was disproved. And that was the evidence used at the FISA court to obtain a warrant to spy on Trump's campaign. And he was really pushing that, knowing that it was debunked, the evidence they were using. then he moves to Twitter. And as some weird twist, Jim Baker still worked at Twitter and he actually vetted Part one of the Twitter files, which was a total complete conflict of interest because he's implicated in a lot of these things. And as soon as Elon Musk found out, he walked him out the door. Yeah, that's crazy. And
2: and if you're and if you're listening to this and this is all net new news, to you, not the Twitter files, but just the fact that Twitter had the ability to de-platform people to hide news. If you never heard about anything regarding the laptop other than was this some dude maybe smoking some crack? And uh, you know, a couple pictures with some women then then you should look into this a little bit closer.
0: Hey, I just want to how, how do I get that job? like you know, a job where I have no business being in and I get to smoke crack and have fun? like, what do I have to do to do that? Do I have to have a father that's in politics?
1: Pretty much. Yeah. A, you're gonna get us in trouble now. <laughs> I gotta
0: push your button, Brian.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Well, we don't want to like turn people off too much, you know, from, from our own personal views on this. So anyways.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, now you know the background, we can talk about the various parts of the drops of the Twitter files. So far there have been, as of today, there have been eleven drops of the Twitter files, and this is a forty minute podcast, so there's no way we'll get through all of them. We'll be covering parts one, two, and six, as they are the most interesting ones so far. If this episode's well-received, we can do feature episodes on the other parts. The Twitter files are a series of news reports that were released by Elon Musk after he completed the purchase of Twitter for $54 billion. Elon Musk ordered an internal investigation on how the company handled the Biden laptop story and found major inconsistencies in Twitter's official story of why they censored it. So let's start with part one
2: by the way, you should mention who it wasn't actually Elon doing it. he had independent third party companies coming in and doing this, so I think every everyone was either someone that was more left viewed and then right viewed right Is that
1: how it how it was yeah he he wanted it to be fair. He didn't want anyone pointing the finger and saying this the person was wasn't impartial, which is exactly why he fired Jim Baker was because Jim Baker was vetting his own information and censoring things in the Twitter files. And then, Elon Musk said, no way and walked him out the door. By the
2: way, if when you go through here and look at this stuff, you, you the first thing you should be doing is, number one, when I'm on my work computer, should I ever write anything that I don't want to be divulged out to the world? Like I cannot be any more shocked that this information was still there? You think they would have been like, "Oh crap, we need to delete it" at some point? But no, it was it was all logged, and there was evidence of it everywhere.
0: It's a great thing about Slack, right? It's 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 searchable, right? It's a platform; it gets recorded because it's it's just like email. It's uh it's it's legal hold information. Yeah,
1: for it's archived for all time.
0: Yeah, that's it. It's wild. Yeah, unlike Signal. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, for part one, part one was published by a writer, Matt Tabby, who writes for a Substack. He is a far left reporter who wrote for a far left publication, the Rolling Stone. Yes, that Rolling Stone magazine that glorified terrorism against the US by putting the Boston Marathon bomber on their front cover. I believe Elon Musk chose him for that reason. So no one could argue that he had picked a right wing publication to spin the story. The Twitter Files Part 1 outlines, with ample evidence, an uncomfortably cozy relationship between Twitter and one specific political party, the Democrats. There were internal emails from the DNC, which is the Democratic National Committee, to Twitter employees asking them to delete certain tweets. Both celebrities and unknowns could be removed or reviewed at the behest of a political party. And as Brian mentioned earlier, technically, both political parties had access to these tools and employees, but the Twitter staff was extremely one-sided. Public records show that 99.73% of all political donations of Twitter employees went to the Democrats. After the Biden laptop story was published, it was taken down on the grounds on their hacked material policy, but Twitter knew that would not hold up and no one wanted to go back on that decision. White House press secretary Kaylee McKinney had her account suspended for even referencing this news story, the DNC was in full panic mode, trying to erase the story off the internet, and were consistently sending Twitter more accounts to ban or delete to stop the spread.
2: I thought what was interesting when they banned Kay- or I'm sorry, they didn't ban or they suspended uh, Kaylee's account. Yeah. On the back end, it was like, yeah, let's just toy with her for like, the next. 10 days or two weeks. I can't remember what it was, but they're just like this leader lead later on basically, or leave the, the Republicans on like, well, we'll come back eventually. And when you look at this, I think this gives more credibility to the Hunter, Hunter Biden leak, right? Like why were they trying so hard to get rid of it? Like really what was on there? And that's, that's the damning of ev- evidence at the end of the day.
1: And I would, I would say so I, I, have to play devil's advocate a little bit here is the dnc w- would say that this is a russian disinformation campaign so very similar to what happened to hillary clinton in 2016 they would say this is a fake story you're you're spreading misinformation to try to swing the election the russians are interfering that could have been the position of the dnc at the time we know now that that's not but at the time that's yeah. what they could have spun it as to twitter it says you're you're swaying this election due to misinformation you got to do what you got to do to to stop it
0: yeah i i get disinformation right because i think we all knew that somehow some way russia was interfering with the elections from the very onset right if you look at a lot of the data that was out there even within facebook or some of the other platforms uh but you you've got to be able to go back and look at it and go okay you know can can we can we really identify the sources and information side here and uh, uh, you know when i look at this it looks like you know one in one comment they said they just freelanced it you know as one how one former employee characterized the decision of of of, of deplatforming or not yeah or deplatform or or just um, bla- um 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 shadow banning them right this is like and you go back after the excuse of hacking i mean who does that, right? If if CNN or any of the other major news outlets did that, that it, it'd be an uproar, right? And it, maybe there is now, and that's just the way we are. Is that people start reporting things, and it's just like reading the tabloids now. When I watch the news, I just don't even pay attention anymore.
2: Well, they should be an uproar, but the, this information is not getting out there. Yeah. Period. Like no one's talking about it. It's messed up. And and, and I'm going to relate this to a recent story. At least from the from the Deitch household perspective. Right. So there is a there's a gentleman. I think he was a lightweight uh, kickboxer, Andrew Tate. He's pretty, pretty polarizing person. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he he's on Reddit video. hates him. Yeah. Yeah. So he's on video of saying like, you know, like when he got canceled, he goes like, you know, I just wasted one of my three lives. The first one to cancel you. The second one, they try to get, get you in jail. And the third one, they, they try to kill you. And you're like, oh, this dude's like clearly a conspiracy theorist, right? Then what happens? He's arrested in some foreign country for human trafficking. Right? Romania. yeah, Romania, thank you. And from my perspective, all I want is the truth, right? Like if he did it, like if he, you know, if he actually is doing human trafficking in Romania, then like let's lock him up, right? But if this is like some sort of, you know, Fabricated story that's not actually true. All I really want is the truth. Like, did he actually do this? Yes or no. Same thing with the, the the Hunter Biden laptop or the people that are posting information, even when it's around COVID. I just want to know the truth at the end of the day. Period. That's all I you know,
0: want. You, you watch a lot of these, right? You go through movies and they talk about the stories that never t- get told because the American public is not ready for that. The, what would be the damage if we had heard this beforehand? And, you know, what what do they believe the damage is to the American public or the American, you know, the the, the United States itself when news like this comes out? Is it so damning that, that we just go and we spiral out of control and we lose our democracy and everything just gets crazy?
2: Well, they, they throw you into these echo chambers, right? The, the goal is to get you on the platform and to stay on there. Right. Yeah. And if I put in, like for me, I want to see conflicting information, right? I want to see the good and the bad about everything. But unfortunately, whatever I am currently eyeballing, right, is going to be the only thing that I see because it's in their best interest to keep me on that platform. So keep spoon feeding me the information that I want to see, right? Uh, And not all of the information. Please give me everything, right? And so for these people that, yeah, go ahead.
0: No, no, please, please.
2: And that's, that's the problem, right? And, I, and I've seen this <clears throat> in person. So online, maybe my views, the stuff that I share or the things that I talk about would put me into you know left or right in one way or the other. And uh, recently, I went into headquarters to do a training event um, for new hires. And there was a gentleman there that uh, he unfollowed me from, from Instagram, probably because we're conflicting. So when I seen him... I was like, hey, you know, like uh, I'm not I'm not afraid of nobody. Right. I'm like, I want to show them that we can be friends. But online, on the Internet. Right. Like I'm in this echo chamber and I say whatever I want. I post and I ghost. Right. And then like my views are my views. So we sat down and I was like and I can tell like he was uncomfortable just being in my presence. And I, I I was just like, whatever, like, we're just going to have a civil conversation. Like, it doesn't like just because you believe one thing doesn't mean that we can't. And so it was my goal to figure out something that we can agree on. Right. And we went back and forth on, on you name it. Right. Like there was this uh-huh. like and on paper, like if you, if you look at if you took a picture of me and him, be like, those guys got to be best friends. They look identical. But no, like we were just the, the polar opposites in our thinking. But the one thing that we came across was some type of music genre. We were like, you know what? This is actually pretty good. Right. And it was uh, not the country music that you would find on the radio, but there's this some kind of, you know, kind of country mu- like Chris Stapleton. I think we kind of agreed on it. And I think the craziest outcome, because he's very outspoken in, in, in his thinking. After New Hire thing that we went through and we were uh, you know teaching class together two days after that, he followed me back on Instagram. So,
0: yeah, you tell me. I- i i think that i think what people fail to miss is it's okay to disagree right that hey you know we can have different views you can believe in one thing i can believe in another but at the end of the day i'll still get along with you because i still think you're a human being i mean heck i still talk to the both of you even though i know you guys are crazy but <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: and that and you're you're 100 right like that our difference yeah. is what really makes us unique and that's what makes us all special at the end of the day and yeah. i think that the you know COVID the lockdown and I'm not saying anything negative about it, but I'm just saying, having been stuck in all of our, you know, houses for Lord knows how long, and that that missing social interaction, and then on top of that, you're being spoon-fed the only the information that they think you want to see, puts us into that echo chamber where we're just we're stuck in our ways, and we and we look we look at people that are different than us and just instantly hate them, and it shouldn't be that way.
0: Yeah, I, I don't like it when people try to control me with the wrong information. Just provide me the right information, and I think I was I was going to allude to this was. You know, what happened, you know, 30, 40 years ago when you could watch the news and it was like, this is what happened on this date. This is, you know, the the facts of how it happened um, that we that we understand. We don't have the rest of the story, but you come to your own conclusion on what happened. Right. I, I don't want someone telling me, well, it was a terrorist. Well, how do you know it was a terrorist or it was it was someone that was leaning either left or right that caused this riot? Well, how do you know? like you don't have any of those facts just tell me what happened and I'll come to my own conclusion
1: yeah it's the 24 hour news cycle i think is is to blame that yeah. people want to be the first to report it like when the boston marathon bombing happened and twitter did all this internet sleuthing and they got the wrong guy i think that was that was the the start of it or, or evidence of this but yeah like you said glenn it it says you you can't just report like there's some crazy serial killer out there like you have to know what was that politic that that serial killer's political affiliation like why is that important in this no this guy's yeah. crazy and he killed a bunch of people i don't need to know who he liked or who he voted for it, yeah. but everything <laughs> is tied back to that now you oh, imagine yeah, like,
2: he also had some raviolis on him so pff, italian people they're the worst
0: Legislature. We need legislature on the news. Maybe that's what it
1: went down to. <laughs> Government who's controlling it, who's, the media. Who's really to
2: say, maybe I'm I'm skating on thin ice here, but who's to say that the, the news 30, 40 years ago was actually not being controlled?
0: I don't know. Maybe it was a simpler time in my head because I was a kid and I didn't know any better. But I just remember there wasn't a lot of opinions back then. If there was an opinion, it was an opinion page on the newspaper that you can go Mm -hmm. read about, right? But for the most part, it was like, state the facts, state what's going on. The the who, what, when, where was was how I was taught in school on how you reported something.
2: By the way, so... Go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. Go
1: ahead. I think the difference is opinion shows because you can turn tune into a news channel cnn fox msnbc what what have you you can tune in and there are news shows and there are opinion shows so shows like sean hannity rachel maddow those are opinion shows they're not news shows like Britt Bayer on fox is probably the most neutral and he actually reports the news he doesn't it's not an opinion show i think people get confused at that because I'm watching a news channel that this is reporting the news, like it's it's actually an opinion show, and it's not presented that way. It's presented as news.
0: I think you're you're probably you're you're more than right, right? If you if you look at those things, like, but when you when you watch a weathercast, let you know, just like we opened up with earlier today, uh, Chris, it's 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 seeing this. Hey, her- torrential rains coming. It's a hurricane. It's like it's not a hurricane, you know, like by any stretch of the mean. It's just like saying. You know, like, hey, we had an earthquake in California. Then all of a sudden everyone calls and says, hey, are you guys okay? Yeah, the earthquake was like, you know, 50 miles away from me. It had nothing to do with me. And it's, you know, it's the same thing. It's this amplification of something that's that's horrible when in reality it's like, hey, it's 50-mile-an-hour winds. It's going to be about two inches of rain today. Be careful out there because we know Californians can't drive. <laughs> I think
2: we can say that about every state, to be honest with you. Yeah. A ground gets wet everyone just turns into pure chaos oh i'm just looking at my notes here and uh, one of the things that i wanted to, to call out how do you say matt's last name is it tabble tabby
1: i think it's tabby
2: tabby so shout out to him right like he i think he went out on a limb to do the right thing right and i think that kind of went maybe against all things and i think maybe his thanksgiving was a little awkward and uh i I'm definitely <laughs> a, i'm appreciative to him to do that right and I think that we need more people like him that are willing to go out and just kind of stick to the facts. Like, here's the actual evidence. This is what we saw. And to present it to us in a fashion uh, that's easily digestible, that isn't fabricated or or jaded one way or the other. And I think he did a great job with it. And I think he, he did more than just uh, Twitter files one, three, and five, right? I think he, yeah.
1: did a, a, he's, he he does every other one. Yeah, there's a great quote in The Wire. I mean, that <clears throat> that show is... Pretty old, but it still stands the test of time. And so when the wire season five, when they talk about the press, there's a scene that says, Our job, and this this is a guy that works at the Baltimore Sun and newspaper. He says, Our job is to report the news, not manufacture it. And that's exactly the same problem we're in, in today. There's just all that's these companies awesome that are news companies, they're just manufacturing news, they're manufacturing outreach. And this is this isn't a left-right thing. This is an everybody thing. They are just manufacturing it. They wonder what you know a news channel is a cable channel cable channel is funded by ads ads are funded by eyeballs and views what can i do to get the most people to watch my channel while i'll say more and more outrageous things more polarizing things and like you said brian just becomes a giant echo chamber it's dangerous dangerous for everybody all right well we haven't lost everybody yet we've only gone through part one so (laughs) that's Let's, I don't know if we'll get through part six, but let's let's at least cover part two because part All right, let's two go for is, team. is pretty interesting. Uh, so part two of the Twitter files was released by Barry Weiss. She's a conservative reporter and the editor of the Free Press. So for part one was was covered by someone left leaning. Part two is covered by someone right leaning. Part two deals more with the conservatives in general and how they were treated on the platform. So we're talking about Twitter. For the record, the CEO of Twitter, Jack Dorsey, and their head of legal and legal and policy and trust Vaja Gadi made repeated claims that Twitter does not shadow ban, even in front of the U.S. Congress in 2018. Shadow banning is the act of banning someone without telling them they're banned. So our show got shadow banned when I we talked about flat Earth. Funny enough, uh, I didn't know that I was banned on LinkedIn and our, our and. It wasn't until we couldn't figure out why our views were so low and uh, why Brian and Glenn couldn't see the story, but I could. But yeah, so LinkedIn shadow banned me. They didn't tell me. The problem with shadow banning is there's no transparency because we're never told that we've been shadow banned and they're not evenly enforced. Remember, 99 plus percent of Twitter employees donated to Democrats, which leads to unfair enforcement. And number three, shadow banning or search banning feels underhanded, just outright block people and say why.
2: So was was uh Jack and Vijay v- 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 were they both under oath when they testified? I, I was thinking in front of the Congress? exact
0: same thing, Brian. They yes. should be called they back were. to Congress. Yeah. yeah.
2: Not that Congress is like well no, never mind. No comment on that. But, but I mean but still it, you, Jesus it, you, there's on, an man. oath, right? There's an oath there. Yeah.
0: You're supposed to be truthful. And if you knew that in 2018, right, uh, uh, you know, when, when this happened, that, that's that's an outrage. That's an outright lie. That's that's terrible.
1: It is and it isn't because, yes, Jack was not telling the truth, but I'd have to go and see exactly what he said, because they could pull the whole big tobacco defense. Remember when big tobacco was up in front of Congress is I do believe nicotine is not addictive. And then that could be your belief. That's the truth. So if Jack Dorsey said, I believe we do not shadow ban conservatives, he could have been telling the truth because he might not have known, you know, Yul Roth, his head of, of trust and safety, he was heavily involved in this. It might not have bubbled up to Jack. It's possible.
2: Switching gears, right? When we look one thing that's kind of like as a technologist, Twitter's ability to one, to create your echo chamber, and then two, to really control everything on that platform is astounding like in a great way like i, I think it's awesome that they have the ability to know who, how many some how many times someone's been flagged or they you know do amp, do not amplify or other crazy stats that are on there they have insane control over their platform which means i think that they can actually start to sway stuff so if you look at it and i think maybe it was you chris and i think maybe we were just talking like when it comes down to voting right half the people that are actually half There's a certain amount of population that will always vote left. There's a certain population that will always vote right, and so you have those people that are kind of right there in the middle. Maybe they're single vote, uh, or I'm sorry, single issue vote voters. I guess is I guess the way I can say that. Yeah, and if you cater to those people in particular, you could have control over it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's like you said. There's States that always vote blue. There's states that always vote red, and then it's those swing states, those purple states. That's where all the candidates spend their time. That's where they spend all their issues because you want to su- sway those either independents or undecideds, and those happen to be in those those swing states.
2: I I'll be honest with you guys. I I, I believe that this worked on me in previous elections. I think that I I looked at uh, you know previous candidates that it, in that that I voted for. And I voted for just based off of the information that I was getting, right? I didn't do my homework. didn't do my research on it, but I was enamored by the way that they, maybe they presented. I was like, Oh, you know what? seems like a legit dude. I'm going to vote. I'm going, my vote's going with him.
1: Yeah. And that gets to the point of, of Twitter files part two. So Twitter employees built blacklists. They prevented disfavored tweets from trending and, Actively limited the visibility of entire accounts or even trending topics, all in secret without informing their users. And there's a couple examples of of this happening. When there's plenty of screenshots to back them up, everything will be linked through. One thing you brought up, Brian, was the COVID lockdown. So Stanford's Jay Bhattacharya, who argued that COVID lockdowns would harm children, and you know, a couple of years after the pandemic, we have indisputable evidence that the COVID lockdowns did harm. Children, we had the largest drop in test scores ever recorded during the the lockdown period. Uh, Twitter secretly placed him on a trends blacklist, which prevented his tweets from trending. So there's this guy out there. He's voicing his own opinion. He says, I believe that COVID lockdowns are bad for kids. And Twitter just single-handedly said, we're just not going to amplify that message or we're not going to allow him to trend on Twitter. And even though it was his own opinion and people are allowed to have their own opinion, but they didn't want this to trend. I'm I'm
2: I'm going to say I so I have a I don't have a lot of friends, but my wife, she has a lot of friends and uh, a lot of our friends, they have kids that are going back to school and uh, younger, younger generations of, of children. You know, I would say. First grade to maybe junior high, middle school, and the overwhelming consensus since we've been going back to school is that, man, these kids are getting sick a lot more frequently than they ever had previous. Now, I don't know that I can say that that's true or if the COVID lockdowns outside of just bad test scores had any effect on it, but you start to wonder like maybe being locked up and then, you know, stuck in your house, you're not exposed to those different things that help produce antibodies for other type of illnesses. And these kids are just getting sick left and right all the time now.
1: Yeah. Not just their immune system, but child depression in in children skyrocketed the prescription of stimulants like ADHD medication to children skyrocketed right after these these lockdowns. There's, I believe, it's indisputable that these lockdowns were bad for kids. You
0: guys have never had Asian parents before. <laughs> 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 lockdowns are. Just I most certainly for did us. not. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't go out. We have no money. No, you can't go out with your friends. You have to come home. <laughs> so <laughs> that's it was actually yeah, it's very close. Uh but it, it, it's kind of I had the opposite effect, right? I mean, not necessarily, you know, my my I know my kids had my my youngest had a hard time with the lockdown. But from an aspect of getting sick, it was great. I tell you what, in the last 3 years, I've not really gotten a cold because I've not uh in in you know, in front of other people, per se, um, or have the ability to, because, you know, when I do go out, I was wearing a mask as well, right? So, you know, for those that wear a mask, good. If you don't, good. Doesn't matter, right? But from an aspect so that of That and the very...
1: constant washing of your hands. Like, yeah. I think that's something yeah. that COVID changed. Like, everybody religiously washes their hands and sanitizes yeah. now, which yeah, Are you guys shaking hands movies? now, with people? Which we know why, you know,
0: Brian got COVID twice is because he was licking <laughs> doorknobs and not and shaking hands and licking his hands right after. So,
2: Mm -mm, Delicious. Are you guys shaking people's hands today when you go meet customers? Yeah,
0: I have no problems with that.
1: Do you? I am, but I'm acutely aware when I do, and I don't touch my face or eat anything until I sanitize. That's right.
0: That's exactly it. If if I touch anything, like the minute I get into my car, um, I sanitize my hands. Um, When I go to the grocery store, I sanitize the shopping cart and clean my hands at the same time. So
2: I'm the opposite. I'm like, I'm a shark. I spend half my life looking for food. The other half eating it. I walk up to somebody, I have a hamburger in my hand. I put it into my left hand, I shake their hand and put the hamburger right back in my <laughs> right hand. And
0: continue eating baby. You're that guy. <laughs> I'm that guy. That's awesome though. I mean, you, you've probably built up a whole bunch of immunity at this point, right? So yeah,
1: probably. All right. There's one more account I want to cover here. I don't think yeah. we're going to get to part six today, but I, I do want to cover this because it, the, This is interesting, and you'll see why. One of the accounts that rose to a level of scrutiny of Do Not Amplify or a trends blacklist was the account called Libs of TikTok. So it's a Twitter account, but it was called Libs of TikTok. So a little background on the Libs of TikTok the account literally takes TikTok videos that left leaning people post and they just repost them with a joke or some kind of snarky comment underneath it. Like there are videos of people defending pedophilia and the account just posts exactly what they say completely unedited. They don't go in and change what they said. They they post it unedited. But an internal memo from October 2022 after the account owner, it's a a female. So after her seventh suspension, so they've been suspended seven times on the platform, the committee acknowledged that the libs of TikTok account has not directly engaged in behavior that violates the hateful conduct policy because she's literally just reposting what people say. But the committee justified her suspensions internally by claiming her post encouraged online harassment of hospitals and medical providers by insinuating that, quote, gender affirming health care is equivalent to child abuse or grooming, unquote. Now, compare this to what happened when the owner of the account, Libs of TikTok, herself was doxed in November of 2022. And doxing is the act of publishing someone's address or phone number with the intent to sick the Internet on them. A photo of her home with her address was posted in a tweet that garnered more than 10,000 likes. The owner of the Libs of TikTok account asked Twitter that the post be removed in accordance with Twitter's own anti-doxing policy. That request was denied and the tweet was allowed to stay. So you can clearly see the difference in enforcement when a tweet makes liberals look bad or if the tweet endangers the life of someone just making fun of liberals. Their global head of trust and safety, Yoel Roth, is quoted in internal emails and Slack messages asking staff to look for loopholes to ban conservatives on the platform who technically did not break any rules, citing, quote, civic integrity.
2: If that doesn't make you sick to your stomach, I don't know what should or could. Maybe the uh, the one chip challenge, Glenn.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, man. (laughs) <laughs> you get you get to a certain age and you just can't do it anymore. If we were like at 40, bro, I'd be with you guys all the way. I just want to live, you know, really good for 24 hours and not feel like I'm dying.
1: Yeah, so you can imagine, like, what if somebody posted, you know, Rachel Maddow's home address or Keith Oberman, or Don Lemon, one of these left leaning people like that'd be taken down in a second. But if it's somebody that the platform disagrees with, they looked at it and said, no, there's nothing wrong here. That tweets allowed to stand. So this person picture of their house, their home address, everything's been published online. And what do you think they are going to do with that information? Yeah.
2: So let's flip it. Right. So had Keith Oberman's address, and a picture of his home been posted on Truth Social, right? Like the a right-wing version of this. I think there'd be hell to be paid, right? And yeah. that's why we have to look at it from the lens of like, it doesn't matter what side of the fence you're on. It's like, what's right is right. What's wrong is wrong. And again, like who's going to be the arbitrator of truth, but we need somebody in there <clears throat> that could see past party lines and, and to make great decisions all the time. Maybe it's chat GPT.
1: I don't know the ai huh. <laughs> definitely not the microsoft ai
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> For
1: real but I, I mean it's just clear even enforcement i don't even think it's it's that it's just even enforcement twitter has an anti doxing policy this one was clearly doxxed. why didn't they take it down
0: i agree that it's just terrible right and doxing in even enforcement. is just not something yeah that's it's just evil right no matter who's in yeah. front of that yeah it's just so like
1: they're hate speech policy like it's it's a bad thing to say kill all and then you fill in your race of choice here no matter what side you're on but like the phrase kill all whites was allowed to trend or kill all jews was allowed to trend on twitter but if you put any other race in there you know it would have got banned immediately just even enforcement i think is is the key here
2: is there any substance to this being a private company and they just can just do whatever
1: they want and we have to deal with it that was always the defense so that was always the defense that they are a private company that can do whatever the heck they want and if you don't like it build your own and that's why there's all these right-leaning alternatives to twitter because the left always had twitter facebook snapchat literally every other social media platform is left-leaning reddit and the like but that's what that was always their defense we're a private they're a private company they can do whatever they want which it's sort of in contravention to what Jack Dorsey was spewing because he said Twitter is the new public square. People should be allowed to say whatever they want, and then there's that giant asterisk that said only if we agree with you. Yeah, and I the think Twitter files one... prove it. That's not my opinion. Twitter files prove it. Yeah,
2: they do. And I think that's one of the things that, like, again, like Elon is coming off a little polar polar light, polarizing lately. But I think the the fundamental thing maybe it should be in the Twitter mission statement, right, which is I am a free speech absolutist, and I believe that this should be the town square, whether I agree with you or not, period like I think that's where we'd have a lot more success, and that's where I want to see it to go that's where I would like to see it going. So let me ask you guys and twitter Twitter files one and two were you how did you feel after Chris? how did you feel after going through Twitter files one and two? In reading this did you feel like what, what was your perception on everything
1: my perception after it was dropped. first of all i wasn't surprised i wasn't surprised in the least i tend to follow things in tech and i'm on twitter a lot because that's where i get a lot of these stories like infosec twitter i've said it before that that's the only bearable part of twitter's infosec twitter but all big tech extremely left-leaning it didn't surprise me in the least that this was happening I think I, I like you, Brian, was surprised that this evidence was left behind. I, I guess technically they couldn't legally get rid of it. I was surprised at the that everything that the right was saying for years, and the mainstream media branded them as conspiracy theorists. That they were finally vindicated. That says yes, Twitter was engaging in some underhanded stuff to try and censor conservatives, ban these these opinions. So. Yeah, I, I mean I I think the conservatives have feel felt vindicated and I it just confirmed what I already knew was going on.
2: So so let me ask you also as a follow-up question, what other social media site do you believe is heading down the path of doing the right thing all the time outside of Twitter because I
1: think we're getting there with Twitter. I could be wrong, you can disagree.
0: Currently out there?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think there's I don't, think, I don't think the Twitter files changes anything. I think yeah. it's it, it's it's systemic, right? Because a lot of these companies come from Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley is in a very left leaning part of the country. Just tech in general is very left leaning, and people can't overcome their personal biases to do things like apply the rules evenly.
0: Well, it's slippery slope, right? I mean, you control one, you try to be fair. You, it's it's whack a mole, right? And who's to say one argument is better than the other? Granted, you should have a baseline of the controls that you have in place. It's it's just it's bad. It's it's hard. This is something that's just not gonna go away and go away easily. I don't think so. Do depending you, you on think... which side you are, yeah,
2: yeah. And again, like we keep saying, left sided. But like, had had Trump won, right? And then the White House is banning and suspending accounts. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there, well, there's I a lot to probably, be said about that. Jamie, I wish, that I would, wish we had the. Yeah, go ahead.
0: I, no, please, please. And so, do you
2: think we have the ability, or does Elon have the ability to go back and you know, pre like 2016 to 2020 to look at all of the accounts that may have been shadow banned that would be like being pushed from the white house and that agenda. in in both cases, I still don't like it. I don't want that to happen period. I don't care who's in charge. I don't want that. I don't want government overreach period.
1: Yeah. between Twitter files, one shows the cozy relationship between the DNC. So not necessarily the white house, but the party that would eventually be in the white house. And then part 11 that dropped yesterday was members of Congress actively asking for investigative journalists to be banned off the platform.
2: Hmm. Maybe a
1: topic for a future episode if this is (laughs) well-received.
2: When we get 23 views. Um, (laughs) I I, I have a theory, and I don't know if this is across all platforms, but I would say I believe that Spotify is another open platform. And I think at this point in time, I think it's too difficult to censor audio and video like you could static text analysis i could be wrong i don't know if i could say the same about apple Podcasts, but i do think that spotify is there what do you guys think
1: i think spotify refusing to drop joe rogan was a sign that they are more central that they want to get the opinions out there and let people make up their own minds there are a lot of calls for joe rogan to be banned i forgot was it i i think neil it was Diamond. covid related i think yeah. or neil what? young yeah
0: yeah. Was that a refusal or was that just realizing that he has such a big cult following that they would have lost millions anyway?
1: It's both. Po- <laughs> it's like Serious <laughs> X- right? XM so, banning Stern, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's the Golden Goose. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would cool. say Spotify. Yeah. I, I think, well, I, I won't say anything about Spotify, but yeah, Spotify, I would say, is more fair than the other social media platforms. Okay
0: i mean let's face it right i think chris alluded this to uh, as well right these these platforms are there to make money um so you know one way or the other they're they're gonna sensationalize or, or block or allow something simply because it's a it's a platform that has to make something on on ads right all their things are based off of ad revenue right i mean let's face it so how how do they get ad revenue or how do they get revenue because it's, it's either by membership, like Spotify does it, right? Oh, they actually do the free market. There, there's actually a free play inside there. So I don't know. But I think it's all about money at the end of the day.
2: That it is. I think I, I saw yesterday that Twitter is actually accepting political-based advertising. And back in the day, Jack Dorsey actually banned that from happening. And so now Elon's saying, I I want a piece of that pie. <laughs>
0: I, it, again, I, I don't think we're saying one thing is bad over the other. I think what we're saying is just fairness, right? Fairness to, to be able to post and not get blocked or shadow banned or put in this de-amplification or this blacklist. That, that I, I think from our podcast, that's what we're saying here, and that's where we're sticking by is let's not create a platform that that is exclusive but is inclusive of everyone's comments. And I think for everyone to learn you know, from us is that – you know we're not trying to say that we're lean left or we lean right we just want to have a conversation an intelligent conversation like you said Brian and and if we disagree that's fine because it's human nature to disagree with other people just know that you can still be friends
2: yeah let me think for myself just give me all the facts let me discern what i think yeah. is good versus yeah. bad
0: yeah I, I don't care what you say my wife is always wrong but she'll tell me i'm 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 the one that's wrong so <laughs> <laughs> For all you listeners well, out there that have your significant, uh, significant others out there, wife or whatever, right? So yeah, they're always right. Just know that right today.
2: Yeah, that's that's always one of those things my wife, I think last night she said, she's like, you just like to always be right. And you just like, you're so argumentative. I'm like, we're literally having an argument about me being argumentative. Like,
1: <laughs>
2: I feel like you're the one that wants to be right. And then we both ended up laughing and ate our dinner. So it was okay. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I can't talk politics in my house because you're like, you're so this. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I, 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 It's just how I see things and how I feel. If you want to have a different opinion, that's fine. I just won't eat with you.
1: <laughs> All right, we're coming up on an hour here. So let's wrap it up here. So to wrap things up. We have a second generation of dad joke enthusiast in the Louis family and the Twitter files show a bias towards conservatives. Much, much more to come if we get to cover this again. Probably we'll go back to our regularly regular program next week and we'll wait to do the next installment of this. But for now, that's all I have for this week. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. you can find us all on LinkedIn and links will be in the description. Follow us on Instagram at Podcast. Thank you to all our listeners and subscribers who rate us five stars in the iTunes store and Spotify and left us a review. We appreciate you all spreading the word to help grow the show. The best way to find us is to search for the Pebcac Podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. For my co-hosts, Brian Deach and Glenn Medina, I'm Chris Louie. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next weekend. As always, have a nice day. Bye, Felicia. Thanks, everyone. I would say.
2: Yeah, if anyone listened to this and it was against everything in their soul and they got something out of it, I appreciate you more than you'll ever know. You bet. Thank you for taking the time.